Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about link building a little bit. I recently tested out a link building service, and I'm pretty impressed with the results. I'm going to talk about those five links that I obtained and give a little bit of uh, information about that. I'm also going to talk about some link building ideas, including the skyscraper technique, shotgun skyscraper, broken link building, and some sort of guest posting and maybe niche edits, that sort of thing. And I also, I just got an email from some random person about getting links over at uh, harvard.edu, which is a domain authority of 94, and they gave me a little sample, and I'll tell you about it again, since it's just a a random person who sent me an email, I (laughs) will tell you what the link is. Hell, I'll put the link in the show notes and description so you can go check it out yourself and you can see (laughs) what kind of link it is. So I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit as well. And I'm trying to think if there was anything. Oh yeah. So my, my buddy Kyle Claver, who has been a guest on the show, I think two times already. He is the, the service that I checked out or his company is a service that I checked out, but he gave me some pretty good notes about what he is looking for, for general outreach. But also another person named Kyle had a comment and suggestion for the 2X Accelerator mystery and a possible solution. And that is in response to episode 258, where traffic is down, but earnings are up for the 2X Accelerator and Christie's update. So I'll I'll talk about that as well. In fact, I'm just going to mention it now. So Kyle says this, I won't mention his last name, but Kyle, shout out and appreciate your comments here. Kyle says this, I listened to the podcast with Christy's story today, and it sounds familiar and similar to something I did a year or two ago. I was working on my theme and back in changing a few things when I noticed I accidentally installed two Google Analytics codes on my website. When I noticed this, I removed one of the Google Analytics tags, and when I did it, my traffic dropped by 50% in Google Analytics, but my revenue stayed the same. Since each visitor to my site was actually being tracked twice by Google Analytics, it appeared that I lost a lot of traffic when I removed the duplicate tag. But in reality, it was the same volume of traffic. Anyway, Christy had a developer working on her site, so maybe they inadvertently, inadvertently, (laughs) really trying to enunciate and struggling through it. So maybe they removed a duplicate Google Analytics tag, and maybe it fixed the analytics, but it looks like the traffic drop. So Kyle further says, if her search console data doesn't reflect the same 50% loss in clicks, but she can see a drop in traffic on the Google Analytics side, it could signal some issue or duplication of the Google Analytics tracking code. Anyways, I thought it'd offer a possible solution. Take care, Kyle. Kyle, this is very insightful. This is uh, kind of one of those classic mistakes. I have heard of this happening multiple times. And since I have one of the advantages of doing a thing for a little while, there's a couple, you know, easy explanations for some of these screw ups. So I, 
I checked like, hey, Google Analytics code, is everything fine there? And I also wanted to cross-reference, hey, do we have any other areas where we can get an idea what the traffic is? Does it also show a decline? So with that said, Christy went and checked on the Search Console, which I'm actually going to go look at again because I, I don't recall seeing as much of a drop, but there was somewhat of a drop. Now, one of the big things is Christy went and checked her analytics over on the uh, display ad network that she uses. When she checked there, that did reflect the decline in traffic. The other thing to note is it was somewhat of a gradual decline in traffic over the course of something like two days versus just overnight at switching. Now, that said, I guess that could potentially explain things if it was changed, if the Google Analytics code was removed midday, the day where only half of the visitors were tracked improperly and then the next day moving forward then okay that that would explain it so i will quickly double check the search console data to see if that shows the same data i'll be right back through the magic of editing i am right back and this is the puzzling thing and i did notice this kyle when i went and looked at the search console data it shows a little bit of a dip, but not as much as I would have expected based on the traffic issues that we see over on Google Analytics. So with that said, maybe you're right, Kyle. Maybe there was a little fuck up on the side of Google Analytics code. And you know what? I'll, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. You probably heard me talk about the developer that Christy has been working with. And I, I don't know the guy. I don't know him at all. He's getting paid a pretty high rate, uh, in my opinion. And he was unable to back up the site. And he was unable to restore the site. I don't know WordPress that well. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I can get by and do some things. He couldn't do these fairly basic things. And I, I was, I've, I think he's incompetent. All right. So he might be able to go in and refresh some plugins or uh, make sure things are updated. Just the simplest bullshit that you could possibly do. But he couldn't do the critical thing, which was restore the site. And, you know, to, to your point, Kyle, he may have goofed up on the analytics um, in some capacity and then fixed it. To my knowledge, the theme wasn't being altered. However, there were tweaks being made. So who knows? I'm not really sure. And I, <laughs> like I said, I say, from my observation, he seemed to be incompetent and it would make sense. Again, I don't see the drop that I would expect over on the search console compared to analytics. However, I, and well, you know what? Let me back up. I also did not personally go and look at the data from the display ad company. So it sounds like traffic did drop. 
However, it is unclear to me what information or data is actually shown there. So with that said, I'll investigate Kyle and we will report back. Maybe traffic didn't actually drop. Maybe the analytics were just fixed. <laughs> now, now the earnings are pretty much the same. So I thought, I thought we checked it, but I, uh, I only looked at the data that I have available before me. So thanks for the email. And if people have other comments or ideas, please let me know. Would love to investigate further. Now, let's talk about some of the links that Kyle hooked up for me. So I got five links. These are guest posts that he went out and obtained for me. The and now, there's only five, so I can mention each one. The metrics that we'll be looking at are the domain rating and the estimated traffic from Ahrefs. Both of those pieces of data are from Ahrefs. Often, the traffic is underestimated by a pretty large amount. I would say it's usually at least half. Sometimes it's you know 25% of the actual traffic of the site. For these links... I wanted to get them pointed to the homepage with branded anchor text primarily and maybe a little bit of a naked URL. So I can tell you that the anchor text is the branded anchor text for four of the five links. And then one of them is the naked URL. So I won't tell you the exact site, but I'll mention that it would be the equivalent of a link pointing to the homepage of Niche Site Project with Niche Site Project as the anchor text. So the first link that we'll talk about here is a domain rating of 55. The traffic is estimated at 6,800. The next one is a domain rating of 65. Estimated traffic of 88,000. So pretty strong chance it's getting you know over 100,000 visitors per month. The next one is a domain rating of 50 and 1,200 visitors per month. Domain rating for the next one, domain rating of 62 and traffic estimated at 3,500 per month. And last, we have a domain rating of 71 estimated traffic is 25,000. So the domain rating average for the five links is about 60 with the estimated traffic of 25,000 visitors per month. Obviously, some of those sites get a lot of of uh, visitors and some of them are, you know, kind of on the smaller smaller end like the the one that only got 1200 per month, but I think that seems, you know, fairly natural and the cool thing is the domain rating is 60 on average, which is quite high. One other, you know, shout out to Kyle, and I'm, I'm impressed with how quick he works. So he has a lean team. He's not focusing on growing the agency. He just has a little extra bandwidth, and he's able to get these links and contact the his contacts out there. Contact his contacts. What a terrible sentence. He's able to reach out to his contacts that he has an established relationship with already and you know get those links quick. It took him about a week to get these links, which is fantastic. Now some people may be thinking, hey Doug, 
five links in a week, that is preposterous. That's way too many. This is going to look fishy and unusual, but I'm not too worried about it. A couple reasons why the site already has, you know, hundreds of links pointing to it. So it is getting some traffic. It's actually on a pretty good growth trajectory right now. And if I, well, I, I am trying to grow the site. So I am reaching out to people. I am telling people about it. So it's not unusual for a site where people are trying to get it to grow and they're doing outreach and they're, they're telling people about it. It's not unusual to get several links in a short amount of time if someone is promoting something. So if you're in, if you're in a, a small, you know, bubble in a vacuum where maybe you're only hearing from people with these affiliate sites and these display ad oriented sites, you might think that it's really unusual for people to do outreach. But if you step back and you think someone's launching a podcast, I recently launched a podcast and it wouldn't be weird if I reached out to a bunch of people I know and my podcast partner reached out to all his friends and said, Hey, we would love it if you would just feature us and and we're going to make the rounds and try to tell as many people as we can about our podcast. Well, in that case, it's pretty normal. And in fact, I know a lot of people, my friend Carl knows a lot of people it wouldn't be crazy if we were able to reach out to like 45 people and 20 of them would link back to our site. It wouldn't be weird at all. And that would be a lot of links coming from high authority sites, super relevant and potentially would bring a lot of traffic. So if you, if you step back and you think about what an actual company would do, not just a small little niche site. And if you get out of that frame of mind, you realize it's pretty normal to go and promote your shit. I mean, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> when we start a business, you tell people about it. You want people to check it out. As someone with a few websites, I get a lot of spammy emails. This one has a subject line of opportunities for guest posting and link building. Hello. Hope you're doing well. This is what it says. Hello. Hope you're doing well. I'm providing paid guest post service on high quality websites that will rank your websites on Google, period. That is the only punctuation so far, by the way. Not real big on commas or anything like that. Post 100% indexable and a link must be do follow. Kindly check our website and let me know your thoughts. And it has Harvard... .edu with the domain authority noted as a 94. They give an example and it's it's a scholar.harvard.edu slash blog slash pandemic increases market electric bicycles waiting for your best response. Thanks. Again, not much punctuation here. I can tell you there were there were three periods the whole time and a lot of uh, white space. I went to check out the blog, and it does appear to be actually on scholar.harvard.edu. And I, it looks real. I'm clicking around a little bit. It's not the, the prettiest layout for a site. And then it, it is uh, an actual post. It looks 
kind of like garbage. It says electric bicycles have become a key player in the world's bicycle industry thanks to their potential to replace larger vehicles on short trips, eliminating the usual drawbacks of traditional bicycles. There is a link to, I'm not going to read the whole thing. That would be super boring. They do have a link over to Urban Hybrid Bicycle Reviews, which is interesting. And that links to what appears to be an e-commerce site. So let's take a look at that. I'm going to go open that up. And then I see there's a couple images of just random electric bicycles. And then I see another link over to kbobike.com which we'll take a look at. And then towards the end, it says, regardless of whether you're searching for move-in prepared homes, homes ashore, abandonments, or a venture, we will have a wide selection of used mobile home, <laughs> mobile home, homes for sale near you. And I don't know. Okay, they're, they're talking about electric bicycles. They talk about COVID-19 and electric bikes job positions related to the European electric bike industry. And then they have a a random paragraph at the bottom that starts with, you can track down a little choice of our pre-owned manufactured houses stock on our site. Yet because of habitually evolving stock, we can just stay aware of a negligible part of the homes that we have accessible. What the fuck does that even mean? Is that a sentence? I I have no clue. And and literally, we're talking about electric bicycles, and then they threw in a paragraph about manufactured homes. So there's something a little fishy going on here. And it it actually does like, it it looks like this is the actual Harvard website. So someone, (laughs) someone over that has access to the Harvard Scholar blog section is selling blog posts over there. So I did reply back and I said, how much does that cost? What is the turnaround time? So who the heck knows what's going on here? And I think you could find these opportunities all the time. I mean, if you have a blog and you have an email account on there, people are are scraping and they're just sending emails um, to, to random people. I will check to see if these are do follow links and let's see here. Yeah, it does. It's an actual do follow link. So we have this uh, kbobike.com and there's a, you know, a bike listed here. It's uh, yeah. So it's, it's an actual just product listing page for this thing. And then we have, uh, KBO bike link to the home page as well. So it, it appears as the KBO company, you know, is the one that paid for this. And then, as I mentioned before, we have these mobile homes for sale, which is just a literally a random paragraph at the end of this blog post about bikes. And this goes to something called. Uh, Tyrone Woods mobile home. Okay. So I don't know how that worked out, 
but they have this random other do follow link listed in there too. So I would say, you know, tread lightly. I don't know if a link like that would be all that helpful, but from the standpoint of perhaps building a diverse backlink profile, this could be an interesting one to have in the mix. I will report back in the future if I hear back from this individual and I don't think I'll get one of the links, by the way, but hey, if it's pretty cheap, maybe I'll check it out. I'm not really sure. We'll see. I don't know. Let's take a quick break for a note from our sponsor, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S. And this is the featured domain for this episode. So Otis is the source for age domains with strong branding and powerful backlinks. The domain for today is yogaanonymous.org or yogaanonymous.org. The A at the end of yoga and the beginning of anonymous, there's just one there. So yo, I don't know how to pronounce it, yoganonymous. <laughs> so this site is about yoga, mindfulness, astrology, health, and associated activities. It covers diets, music, locations, and eateries focused on the U.S. So pretty diverse, but I would say that you can think of the audience, the people that are involved in yoga and maybe interested in some of those other topics like mindfulness and astrology and that sort of thing. You could think about the things that they might be interested in, which I won't insert any of my thoughts here, but you know, you can have a look at some of the old content and you can look over on the Wayback Machine to get an idea of some of the topics that they covered. This domain is pretty awesome, has a domain rating of 33, was created way back in 2009, it's 12 years old, the domain authority is 21. And quick note, the DR and DA, those shift slightly, so if it's a different number at the time when you check it out over on the various tools, they, they do change a little bit. So I have seen these shift one or two points in a, sh- in a short time frame. It's a very brandable domain. I mean, yoga's right there in there. And what would you do with this domain? Well, I could tell you it fits perfectly in some of the areas that I really want to focus on. So one is informational topics. So you could branch out a ton and have almost unlimited informational topics in the yoga space. The other part, there's affiliate things that you can promote. So there's the gear, of course. So you maybe a yoga mat and blocks and there's probably some other things too. Water bottles. I don't know. But the other thing is there are online courses that you can recommend. And that's perfect because with online courses or memberships that you can be an affiliate for, those can pay really great commission rates. So I think you also have the opportunity to work with non-Amazon affiliate programs still in the physical space. There's a lot of companies that do products for yoga. So I think it's fantastic from that perspective. Additionally, when you think about monetization, you can also look at brick and mortar shops, actual yoga studios, and potentially create a directory and sell ads on that directory. 
there are probably you know many many thousands of different yoga studios and you can have uh, keywords driven around that again you can have the directory where you can sell ads on it additionally there's probably some direct referrals and other types of uh you know CTAs that you can provide is that what it is CTAs but the the point is you can help connect the audience to people that need clients or customers or otherwise. If you wanted to go really deep and you are personally into yoga a lot, and and maybe maybe you're a, a yoga uh, instructor of some kind, you could create a YouTube channel to go along with it. You can really go deep and create your own courses, for example. So there's a lot of uh, capability with this one. And if you just wanted to keep it, you know, the most simple, publish informational content, do product reviews. There are over 200 referring domains, which are niche relevant. And a couple of the high authority domains are New York Times and Huffington Post and many, many others. A lot of the links are branded anchor text, which is fantastic because yoga is right there in the name. You can go check this domain out if it's still available, which it is right now when I'm recording this over at Otis Global. If you join using my link, you get $100 in your account so you can go check it out. Thanks a lot to Otis. If you made it this far in the episode, you're probably a person who believes some active link building is maybe not only okay, but it's something that you probably should do. And I certainly fall into this camp and I've been sort of looking at some, you know, other link building options. I I was really heavy in the guest posting area, especially in, I would say like 2015 through 2017 or 18 or so, which it doesn't sound like that long ago, but I mean, that's actually... It's a pretty long time ago, especially in SEO years and, and uh, you know, working online years. Back then, you actually could reach out to websites and ask about guest posting and land a guest post, potentially without having to pay anything. And I got hundreds of those kinds of uh, links. And I would either write the guest post myself or hire a writer to do so and then insert some links. A lot of times I was linking to my, my own sites. I did a, you know, experiment with running a service for a little bit and it turned out I really didn't like doing that. So I ended it and I'm going to go over a couple techniques that you probably have heard of. I'm not going to go super in depth. This won't be like a how-to, but I'll give a few of my thoughts on a few link building techniques. The first one I'll mention is the skyscraper technique made famous by Brian Dean over at backlinko.com. And from where I sit now, I feel like the skyscraper technique has been slightly overdone, especially in the marketing area, in the area that we spend a lot of our time in, where there are people that know how to do this technique and they, they're sending out emails. Hey, we created this great piece of content. You link to a similar piece of content. Why don't you link to ours? Me, that just comes in as white noise. I, I don't really care if someone wrote another article 
and I'm not super interested. It has to be so much better. And the fact is I would have to go in and change an article and make some edits potentially, and it would take me time. So I'm really not getting any sort of benefit out of it. And, you know, from where I sit, where I have a few websites, I'm just, I'm not going to do that, especially the volume of emails that I get. And I think a lot of people are kind of in that boat. That said, if you're in a different industry, in an industry where this is not done very often, it might work really well. I've heard from people who, I can't think of the right example, but in the marketing area, online summits and webinars have been overdone for uh, several years. When I get an invitation for an online summit, it's you know practically a waste of time for me most of the time. And the organizer wants me potentially to send out several emails to promote their summit. And then I get, you know, almost nothing out of it. They're trying to tell me, Hey, yeah, a lot of people are going to buy and you could earn an affiliate commission. But in my experience, people don't typically buy at least not my audience. And I mean, I'm, I'm part of my audience, right? So me personally, I'm not going to pay for uh, access to an online summit so I could watch some fucking videos. I mean, there's a million videos on YouTube. I'm not going to probably pay for uh, some random online summit. So that that said, uh, the upcoming summits that I'm going to be on, those are great though. Okay. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just backtrack there. Hopefully none of the organizers will listen to this show, <laughs> but Whatever the case may be, I mean, that's just the real the real way I feel about um, some of the marketing techniques. But the point is, I've heard of people who have taken the online summit idea and then they moved it over to something, to a, a different industry that hasn't, hasn't used it before. Think um, uh, maybe like car washes, right? Maybe there hasn't been an online summit for car wash owners. And then it's a huge deal because they're able to to learn. They haven't been able to go to their car wash uh, conferences in the last year. So it's a really big hit. The point is, if you, if you could take a good idea that has worked somewhere, but hasn't been done at all in a different industry, then maybe it'll work. That said, Shotgun skyscraper, probably not going to work that well just in a general sense because it's been done so much. If you find a place where it hasn't been used, maybe it'll work out okay. Fast forward a little bit, the guys over at Authority Hacker created the idea of the shotgun skyscraper. So you send out a lot of emails, you take a shotgun technique, and then you utilize the skyscraper idea. So you're sending out more emails. You're not just sending out emails to the people that originally linked to a great article. You're sending out an email to almost anyone (laughs) who potentially would link to you. And I have an interview coming up soon with Mark Mars from Niche Website Builders. And he gives us some really great insights on the details of how the shotgun skyscraper campaign has changed in the last year. And a little spoiler alert, I mean, a lot of it is due to the technology 
and the ability for regular people to use pretty sophisticated tools to scrape and get emails from all over the internet, to send out emails in mass and send out follow-up emails. So people are able, small agencies are able to send out a tremendous number of emails that generally get delivered and they're able to get links for their clients and that sort of thing. So Shotgun Skyscraper works well. You're able to get a ton of links. I mean, I've seen it work for my sites personally and highly effective. I mean, I don't want to set up all the tools to send out the emails and there's a few other things you have to do. Really not interested in doing that sort of stuff anymore, but companies do it. They get these links for us. So shotgun skyscraper can work even in the saturated areas. And the fact is the supply and demand is dictating that those links are going to cost money most of the time these days. Sure, you can get a couple free links here and there, but most people, most website owners are getting so many emails and requests that they clearly see that they could charge for the links. And it's interesting to me. I feel like a lot of people probably could charge more than they are. And that's just my observation. I mean, it it depends on how how they're found and what is important for them and what they, they value their time as and that sort of thing. But supply and demand is dictating that most sites are going to be asking for a payment unless you can come with some other type of value. Another one I want to mention is broken link building because I still hear people mention it occasionally. Personally, I've never tried it. I think it's one of those deals where I assume that it probably wasn't going to work that well and then just never tried it. I have heard from people that said it worked great for them. Now, I think it's probably industry dependent where if it's important to have updated links, then if you let people know, then maybe you're going to be able to land that link. For other sites, for example, I mean, I I have several sites out there, some of which I neglect a lot. And if I have a broken link out there and someone just tells me, hey, you need to go fix your link, I'm probably not going to do it. Just, I'm probably not going to go out there and do it. I'm painting a picture of me being super lazy, but I mean, the fact is, if if I'm not, if I can get away with not doing it, I'm human just like anybody else, I guess. If I can get away with not doing it, and it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, even though it's going to take me 30 seconds to update the link, I'm probably not going to do it. So, and, and if I'm not, if I'm not being harmed directly from having that old link out there, probably not going to worry about it too much. Sure, it's not the best way to run a site, but... There's other priorities that I have these days. So broken link building. Let me know, actually, if you're out there in the audience and you're you know, shaking your fist at, at your uh, phone or speaker or whatever you're listening to me on right now, let me know if you've used this broken link building, if it, you found it effective, if it used to be effective for you, but you don't do it anymore because people are not updating their links or something like that feedback at doug.show. would love to hear from you. Or if, if it turns out that it, it does work, I, I would imagine it's probably a really good service to offer. And that said, I suspect 
if it is effective, then you probably would be able to find a service that would do it. So if it would work, it was easy enough, you could find a service doing it. To my knowledge, there's not a company specifically doing broken link building. Now, it may be part of a an overall SEO agency where they will look at some broken link building depending on the industry. Okay. And then the sort of final area is just emailing and asking people to link to your site. I have been seeing this uh, pretty often. I feel like maybe a little bit more, like maybe it's creeping up a little bit again with the technology and these different apps that are available where it's pretty easy to just send out a bunch of emails to random people who have websites and just say, Hey, why don't you link to our new, new thing over here? I suspect it's not super effective, but you might be able to get some traction, especially if you put directly in your email, hey, I will pay you $25 to place this link. Let me know if we can move forward. Then it's pretty much straightforward. The person understands that they're going to get paid. They don't view it as spam. And one little trick that I have tested, it's been a few years, but I've tested, is to just put in the subject line, sponsorship for your blog, or you know maybe put the specific name, sponsorship for niche site project, question mark, and then that'll get them to open it. They'll be curious, even if it ends up in their spam folder, if they go peruse their spam folder and, and check and make sure they didn't miss any important messages, then there's a good chance they're going to open that one, have a look, and maybe reply back. Because who doesn't want to have their blog sponsored or their podcast or whatever? So if you just put something about guest posts or maybe updating a link or opportunities for guest posts, like this person sent the, the link over to me or the email over to me, basically, if you put sponsorship, person is going to open the email probably almost 100% of the time, because even if people are doing their website for a hobby, they would love to earn uh, a few dollars from it. So this cold emailing potentially can work okay. It's pretty crazy out there just looking at all of the different companies that are offering link building in some capacity or another, or the probably daily emails I get that have a list of websites where you can get links. And there's just a huge, huge market. If you just go take a look on Upwork or Fiverr or, you know, marketplaces where there are a lot of different, a lot of different SEO services, there's just so many like that. Totally insane. I wonder how much money is changing hands and people building links. Now I'll let you in on a, a, a little idea that I have. I haven't moved forward enough, but I think maybe when I finish recording this, I might get the ball rolling. So I teased this a couple weeks ago and mentioned, Oh, I have an idea maybe for a little case study where I'd be able to ramp up a site pretty quick. It wouldn't be affiliate revenue. It would be selling links. Again, because I see all of this, all of this service business popping up all over the place and an agency can spawn up 
and and start building links and and be a six figure business in months. Sure, you have to have somewhat of a following or a way to get in touch with people that want to buy the service. But if you're doing a reasonable job, you probably will be able to scale it up to a six-figure business fairly quickly. Now, I don't want to have clients and, and build links for, you know, clients. I just don't want to run a service business in that capacity. But from the standpoint of building links, I thought maybe I buy a site from Otis and, or buy a domain from Otis rather, and I can make sure I publish enough content to get some traffic on the site, which shouldn't be too hard. And then I could charge for those links. So I could put up a write for us page, for example, which is pretty common, have some criteria in there and people will start reaching out. I can say it costs whatever, $50 a day or not a day, $50 a post. And maybe I could post a guest post once per day. Now, sure, that may run, run it into the ground. But if the metrics are reasonable for the site, then that is typically what people are looking for. Now, there's some other things you want to look at. And in fact, that is a great segue to what Kyle Claver mentioned. So Kyle is uh, runs a, a digital agency. I'm an affiliate. So if you sign up for his service, I'll get a commission, which I greatly appreciate. Kyle sent over a short checklist that he goes through and he tells me, Hey, not every link you build is going to be, you know, quote, perfect. But he says for general outreach, he checks a few things. And I think you could use these guidelines. You could maybe tweak them for your specific needs, but these will get you I think moving in a very good direction. So the site should have traffic, organic traffic from Google. Kyle uses hrefs to check and he looks for more than 1,000 estimated visitors per month. And over 5,000 would be even better, but over 1,000 gets you moving in the right direction. He also mentions that article Relevancy is very important and especially that text around the link. So it's more important to have relevant surrounding text if the anchor text is generic, like click here or this website or something like that. He avoids websites that are openly selling links on their site. And in most cases, those are going to be noted as guest posts or flags on the article itself. So you'll have to look out for that. Now for link insertions or niche edits, Kyle says that they use a max number of three outbound do follow links per page. So don't put too many links on those. Or if you see, let me rephrase that. I think I sort of mangled the meaning of what Kyle meant. So if you want to have a link inserted, you don't want to have too many outbound links on that page. So if there are already several links, maybe you want to find a different post. Now for guest post topics, here's a great trick. So Kyle likes to use the people also ask section of Google so that 
you get a relevant question to you know whatever you're trying to rank for and it's most likely very low competition and there's a chance that your guest post will rank now you get a couple benefits from that number 1 if you're posting that guest post and it ranks then the website owner is going to like that because they're going to get more traffic and they're going to have uh, just more things ranking in Google, which is good overall. The other part is you will have a link from a post that is actually ranking in Google. Also good. There's a chance it's going to get a little bit of traffic and that's even better. The other part is checking the overall design of the site. So you don't want it to look like it's from the late 90s or something super old. And that sort of indicates that it's been updated. Someone's caring for it a little bit. And I've actually seen this a couple times where it was, it looked like a, I don't know, like a plain HTML site, no CMS. And there were, you know, many thousands of links, probably not worthwhile at all. The other thing that Kyle looks for is the overall inbound to outbound link ratio. Now, if a site has more traffic and a higher domain rating, it's generally expected to link out to more websites. So maybe like a DR50 link with 20,000 monthly visitors would have a higher outbound link ratio than a DR40 site with maybe 1,000 visitors per month. So keep that in mind. And in general, you want to have a I don't know what I would call a reasonable outbound link ratio. I've heard a couple people mention something around like 15% or so, like the number of outbound links versus the number of inbound, which I need, I need to double check that. So actually anyone out there who has more knowledge about that, please let me know. It's not something I looked at super closely recently And I've tried to do a little bit of preliminary research just to get an idea, but I had a little bit of trouble finding it. So I think overall, like if you have 15, let's see, how how would this be? So if you had, let's say you have a hundred, so (laughs) I'm struggling with the right way to state this. So I think if you had a 15% inbound to outbound link ratio. That means if you had a hundred total links and uh, 15 of them were incoming and then you linked out 85 times, that would be a 15% ratio. I think that is how people calculate it. So as I started stating this and realizing I was going to have to clarify and be specific I realized maybe I didn't understand exactly how it's calculated. I think that makes sense to me. When I understand the words, the outbound to inbound link ratio, I mean, I understand the idea here. You don't want to have too many outbound links on an overall domain. That That's the main idea. Some people will say it indicates sort of like a link farm. So in that case, Someone's just publishing, a webmaster's just publishing article after article where there are a few links 
outgoing and they're getting almost no incoming links. So when I was, yeah, so I, I, I had not been checking this, but it's something that is now on my radar and I'll probably start looking a little more often now. So I know Kyle has put together a pretty sweet deal and you could check it out. There's going to be a link in the show notes here. I also want to mention that I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about uh, link building because it is a great topic. It's something where I think people neglect it. People still neglect it because it's much easier to just continually publish more content. And I've seen some basically brand new sites in very competitive industries work really well and get traffic, a huge amount of traffic within a year through some strategic guest posting, very strategic, very consistent guest posting as well. Pure, purely guest posting, not any other kind of link building. So I, I know that it, it does work. It, it's kind of hard to sell the idea occasionally when people say, ah, you know, I got three or four links and nothing happened and there's nothing, there's nothing else to say, right? Well, I I tried it and then it didn't work. Sometimes it takes a little while for those links to kick in. Sometimes it's going to be a few months later. If you get links to your homepage, it's maybe not going to directly help your rankings for your internal pages that you're trying to rank. So there's a, there's a lot of sort of mystery. There's a lot of variables in there. But at large, when I see sites that get a lot of traffic, that rank really well for a lot of different terms, they have quite a few backlinks. So that said, I've tested a few companies here recently. So I talked about Kyle today. I'm going to have um, some other sample data coming up soon, some of which I will actually be able to share the links because they're on a site that I talk about, which is Niche Site Project. So that'll be coming up sometime soon. If you have any questions or thoughts on link building, please let me know. Cover it in the next episode. Feedback at Doug.show. I think I'm going to finish it up for today. So we'll catch you on the next episode.